Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I'm your host, Josh Harris. We are sponsored by BetMGM, as always. Don't know what day it is. Need a haircut, need a shave. It's just, it's one of those days. I think it has something to do with last night. Joining me as always, Slim Cliffy. How you doing? Not too bad, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I need a haircut and a shave. It's caught in a weird place with the haircut thing because I usually get one like once a month. I got my last one. I, I think it was right around uh, Remembrance Day, November 11th. So like I'm due for one now, but I, I want to get one a little bit closer to Christmas for like Christmas, you know, get togethers and, and all that. So I'm just kind of struggling with uh with hair that shouldn't be there right now which is weird to say because uh hair keeps disappearing from the top of my head uh with each passing year um yeah uh rough night last night um i didn't do well uh at all only cash one out of ten lineups and i played in that big twenty dollar on DraftKings. had no st louis had the wrong kings line um didn't have any winnipeg so it was a pretty big uphill battle I just, I, I honestly can't get over what's going on with Matt Murray uh, in Toronto. Um, I was, I was, it was brought to my attention on Twitter this morning. We talked about it on Discord uh, not long before we went on the air that that performance by Matt Murray, by some metrics, one of them being goal saved above expected over at Evolving Hockey, which is an advanced stats website. Um, the best regular season game from a goaltender in the last 15 years since 2007. I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, because it's not as if, you know, it was just a random, you know, really bad game from the Leafs against, you know, a mediocre opponent or something like that. Like Dallas has one of the best offenses in the league. If you were to tell me that they were going to put up 44 shots on net last night, I probably would have had a Dallas stack in 10 out of 10 lineups. He gets the shutout. I mean, that's hockey. And the funny thing is, is he broke the record set by Ilya Sorokin like two weeks ago. And Sorokin got absolutely shelled last night. So welcome to NHL DFS and welcome to picking NHL goalies. Last night was your first big foray uh, in NHL DFS. Um, I couldn't sum up sum it up any better than the dichotomy of performances between Matt Murray and Ilya Sorokin. Yeah, I look like Matt Murray this morning. Like I just got those big puffy bags under my eyes. In 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 our run sheet, I after introduce Cliffy, it says Tuesday review, Max Payne. <laughs> that's and that's what it is. Like if you did well last night, congrats to you. One of these times we'll run good on the big slates where there isn't much NBA. It's always frustrating, but you have to keep in mind from a macro perspective that. How many times are you up at the top of the GPPs anyway? It just sucks that it happens to be, you know, on a slate where there's six figures up for stake. But, you know, we're right back at it tonight. I mean, we should probably we should probably shout out. Um, you and I got a Twitter DM from Hope Shot uh, yep. on DraftKings. Uh, he finished third in the 444 last night. 
uh, on DraftKings. He had uh, New Jersey and Carolina, but he had Dougie Hamilton and Matt Murray. So he got 80 points uh, from Murray and Hamilton, put up a pretty good lineup. So congrats to him. Um, hope other people out there did well because you and I certainly did not. I like, I think I put up over 100, uh, but I used Sorokin. So like that just took the air right out of my my sales, you know what I mean? So like, I was just like, whatever. I got some good performances out of Carolina. I, I used Brady Shea, but like Tampa somehow got there at the end. Like Tampa one put up 42 DK points despite like almost getting shut out. So, you know, just one of those nights. It just sucks that it's on, it was on a big night, but again, like as a single energy player, how many times am I actually going to be up at the top of the leaderboard? So you have to, you just have to keep that in mind. Like, yeah, on these big nights, sometimes you overextend your bankroll a little bit, but you have to, you know, just like anything else in life, diet or whatever, pull yourself back in, pull yourself back in. Yeah. Uh, moderation. Uh, my grandmother always said moderation is the key to everything. Yeah. My grandmother just told me to go fuck myself. That's what she did. <laughs> I mean, both good pieces of advice in their own way. But yeah, make sure to give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, all of our contest or content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. If you're listening to this on podcast right now, thank you for tuning in for our mini therapy session at the beginning of the show and we have a nice seven gamer to bounce back and uh win all the money i actually like this slate unfortunately you know edmonton is in at home to arizona and looks like hyman is back so that that could be an absolute circus but there are some other nice spots here tonight, so let's get into the slate. First game of the night, we have the Washington Capitals with a 3.2 total heading into Philadelphia. The Flyers have a uh, – I almost said a 7.8. They have a 2.8. Charlie Lindgren, Carter Hart confirmed. Not much ownership in this game. I think there's some merit to doing a couple things on both sides here, like I think this is a pretty good power play spot for both sides. Maybe the Flyers power play isn't as good, but like both teams struggle on the penalty kill a little bit here. Charlie Lindgren is either this, you know, backup or third goalie for the Capitals. Alex Ovechkin not getting much ownership here. It is a six over under, which is like the new five and a half, but I think there is stuff to like on both sides here. Yeah, there is. Um, I'll start with the Philadelphia side. Yeah, James Van Riemsdyk back in the lineup. We don't know where he's going to be. We didn't get a morning skate uh, from the Flyers this morning. Um, so where he slots in uh, remains to be seen. It's expensive um, on DraftKings anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, and the thing is, is like it, it's not whether, you know, necessarily which which line he lines up on because, you know, it would be nice he's on the top line, let's say, with uh, Travis Konechny and playing 20 minutes, because that's, you know, Van Riemsdyk did have some 20-minute games earlier in the season. Like, feels like he's been out forever, and he has been. He's only played five full games this year, but he did have some pretty big ice time games earlier in the year. And it's not like this team is super healthy just yet. Like, they're still missing Cam Atkinson. They're still missing Sean Couturier. There's still some guys up front missing from the lineup. Um, so, you know, maybe he can slide onto the top power play instead of Morgan Frost or something like that. Um, just don't really know how it's going to work out. We'll see how warm-ups work. Um, the one thing that's that's catching my eye about this game is how Philadelphia is using the lines. It seems like John Tortorella really likes to use Noah Cates um, in a shutdown role. Um, so he his line often goes out um, against the opposing top competition. Um, Cates is playing with Hayes and Konechny. As we talked about on the last show with the Flyers, I think they're they're playing on Monday. Um, Hayes and Konechny haven't been very good defensively this year. Um, they have over 200 minutes together, 3.3 expected goals against, like well, well below average, 4.6 actual goals against. Um, so they've been getting shelled uh, in the defensive zone. I imagine Hayes, Cates, and Konechny are going to be used as a shutdown line against Ovechkin, Strom, and Shiri. 
Now, Ovechkin, Strom, and Shiri, their whole problem is shooting percentage related. They're they're actually generating 3.2 expected goals per 60 minutes in their time together. They're up to 120 minutes, which is, you know, that's about 10 games worth of ice time. Um, but they're shooting under 5% as a trio. Uh, that's a big, big problem because uh, you need uh, shooting percentages to score goals, and they're not doing that. Now, Ovechkin lines typically do score, but, you know, we do have to keep in mind, this is Dylan Strom's first year um, with Washington. Like, Ovechkin's played with Kuznetsov or, or one of Kuznetsov or Backstrom pretty much all the time for like the last decade. This is a brand new center for him. So maybe they're still getting used to exactly where each other is going to be in the offensive zone. Um, you know, he, Ovechkin typically doesn't play a lot with Connor Sheary. Like it's a pretty new line, um, but they are generating quite a bit offensively. And the flyer, like I said, that flyer's top line, not really that good defensively. So um, especially where Ovechkin's been, you know, playing some, reasonably heavy minute games of late like he does fluctuate sometimes he's been around 17 18 sometimes he's like 22 23 but uh, you can typically rely on him uh for about 20 minutes a game so where that washington top line uh per our top stacks tool isn't coming in with that much ownership like at about six percent um over on DraftKings, our expected ownership here tonight for that top line a little bit higher about eight to nine percent on FanDuel. it's still fine where there's not a lot of ownership coming in here. Um, and the Philadelphia penalty kill hasn't really been great. A little bit better um, of late. Um, but the Philly PK has definitely struggled at times this year. Carter Hart has bailed them out. TJ Oshie is, is looking to be a pretty big difference maker for them on the power play. The top power play unit's shot attempt rate has jumped 50% since he's gotten there. That's just a massive increase. Now they're still not scoring a lot. I think they're around 7.8 goals per 60 minutes, but it's a lot better than what they were doing without him. So even like having an average power play against this Flyers team can be pretty good. So I really do like the position for Washington one. What I will note is in their last game, they moved Evgeny Kuznetsov up to the top power play unit. Um, so that gives people a lot more flexibility in what they uh, he was in place of Marcus Johansson. So that gives them people more flexibility in what they want to do uh, with the power play stacks. Cause now you have, um, you know, you have Kuznetsov and Oshi ostensibly um, on the top power play unit. You probably have Ovechkin uh, and Strom. So you have two guys on the top power play on each of the top two lines. You know, you can do a double center plus Ovechkin. Um, if you want to go that direction, um, you can go, you know, Ovechkin plus plus Kuznetsov plus Oshi or something like that. There's a lot of ways you can stack that Washington top six. I really do like the position of the top line. I mean, it's not to say that the second line's in a bad spot either. Um, you know, Milano and uh, Kuznetsov haven't really been that great uh, defensively together, even with TJ Oshi there. Uh, or sorry, Frost and Tippett. I, I was looking at the wrong line. Frost and Tippett um, and Farabee haven't really been that great defensively. Uh, Frost and Tippett specifically. Um, so even though the Washington second line has struggled offensively as well, or defensively, they can still put it together offensively. So I think both of Washington's top two lines are uh, in play here, but it, it's the power play guys that I would focus most on. Ovechkin and Strom, Kuznetsov and Oshi. I mean, you're getting really good prices on Oshi and Kuznetsov specifically. This is a pretty good matchup against the Flyers team. None of them are really coming in with much ownership. Um, you know, I think Ovechkin probably comes in a little bit higher than 7%, but I don't think it'll be that much more than like 10% considering we have Boston and Edmonton in pretty good spots later on in this, in, in this slate. So I really do like the Washington top line here. I understand that people are a little bit reticent because the power play hasn't been great at times. Um, you know, Ovechkin, he's still scoring, but he's not the, putting up the numbers he was last year or the couple of years before that. I just think it's a really good spot for Washington one, especially when you're considering their ownership. So I think the Caps top line is what I like most here. I don't mind that second line of Fairby, Frost, and Tippett. Um, they're getting reasonable ice time, 15 or 16 minutes. Um, you know, Tippett can shoot. Um, he's pretty inconsistent, but he can get the job done. Frost is on the top power play. They're relatively cheap. The Washington second line is pretty porous defensively. Um, I don't mind Fairby, Frost, and Tippett. Like maybe some sort of two-man stack like Frost and Fairby or Frost and Tippett or something like that. I think that's where I go on the flyer side. But more than anything, it's the Washington top line I like here. Yeah, I 
almost never like the Capitals, and I like them tonight. Just a combination of lower ownership, a really good spot. And, like, they're going to go overlooked, even if their ownership does come up. Like, Boston is really expensive. Edmonton with Hyman back is probably, like, almost 25K. So, like, it's going to – you're not – like, people – first clicks aren't going to be Ovechkin on this slate. And I think this is a pretty good spot, even to one-off him or, you know, mix and match him with the power play guys. On the blue line here, Carlson – Price keeps coming down. Production is staying about the same. So Carlson hit the the shot bonus his last game in like three shifts. <laughs> like Washington had like 412 shots against Stu Skinner and Edmonton in the first period the other night. John Carlson, 6,700, definitely in play. If you can't get to him, there are a couple punts uh, that I like. Trevor Van Riemsdyk at 2,600. Nick Jensen, 3,400. On the flyer side, <sighs> Travis Sanheim, Ivan Provorov. That's about it. Or actually, yeah. I'm sorry. I always forget about Tony D because he's down on the, the third pair. Yeah. Um, uh, Sanheim's been playing like 21, 22 minutes of late, which is a pretty big increase in his ice time from, you know, like a month ago. So he is getting a little bit expensive at 3,900, but for his price, I think it's just fine. Um, yeah. I do like Tony D again. The Washington penalty kill has improved a lot as the season's gone on, and that's a little bit of a concern. Um, but we're, you know, D'Angelo's 4,800 and not 6,800. I think yeah, he's very reasonably priced there. I do like John Carlson again. Um, you know, I agree with you. I like that, that the price keeps coming down, even though, uh, the production has been relatively consistent. I think he's a guy you can definitely slide in, slide in your Washington stacks or just use him by himself. Um, if not him, I'm probably going to go back to Nick Jensen, um, but there are uh, there are cheap guys in this game that we can use, and I think a Jensen and Van Riemsdyk would be two of them. Yeah, agreed. Streamyard's yelling at me, saying my Wi-Fi is unstable and to plug in with a router. I'm plugged in with a router, Streamyard. Let's calm down. Let's calm down. Technology, oh, man. My screen, my screen is like. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If if I had epilepsy, I'd be on the floor right now. <sighs> Buffalo Sabres, 3.7 total. Going into Columbus, the Jackets have a 3.1 total. Uka, Pekka, Lukanen, Junis Corpusalo confirmed for the goalies. This game is quite a scene. Blue Jackets played last night. They scored like a minute into the game and then didn't do anything after that. Uh, the first line still really, really expensive at 21-6 on DraftKings. I think, I mean, Buffalo, outside of uh, Edmonton, has the biggest total on the slate, and it's a 3.7 road total. I think there is merit to going to either of the top two lines here, depending on your builds. I'm not sure what I want to do with Columbus top line. Like they're getting like seven, eight ish percent ownership. Their projection is really, really good. Uka Pekka Lukanen is like the fifth goalie. It's a pretty good power play spot. I like push comes to shove. I'm going to play Buffalo, but like, I don't think we should overlook Columbus top line here tonight. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Uh, Uka Pekka Lukanen is. I mean, goalies are goalies. Like we just we started the show off with with Murray and Sorokin and what those two guys have done in the last couple of weeks. So you know anything can happen in any given game. But uh, Ukapekalukin and 
He's definitely really not looked very good in his brief stint so far in the NHL this year. Um, hasn't looked good in his NHL stints prior to this. Like, this is a team that's been desperate for a goalie of the future for years now, at, at the very least uh, since Allmark left, if not even before that. Um, and he just can't break through to get to the NHL level. Like, they went out and got Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie and uh, Jordan Subban because Uko Pekalukinen wasn't wasn't you know uh developing at all so you know i don't have a lot of confidence uh with him in net and the buffalo penalty kill has been bottom five in the league over the last month and on yesterday's show we talked about how good the columbus power play had been of late now we should note that the columbus power play actually is generating less with patrick liney there than they um were without him and i wonder if there's not something going on like is happening and has happened in Washington over the last couple of years where they just keep looking for that one guy to take that shot. That's what they're doing. Yeah. And it's, and it's messing up, you know, their passing patterns, it's messing up, uh, you know, their player switches and things like that. So I, I don't wonder if <laughs> lining being there is actually worse for the power play. I think that's a genuine open question at this point, but you know, generally speaking, the Columbus power play has been miles better than it was in the first month of the season while the Buffalo penalty kill has taken a nosedive. Uh, the Columbus top line with line eight has been pretty good. 3.1 expected goals in 115 minutes together, 3.7 actual goals. They're all skating over 21 minutes a night since line eight came back a few games ago. Um, so you're going to get a ton of ice time. You're going to get all the guys in the same power play. They're going to be facing a bad goaltender. Um, Buffalo's defense isn't great anyway. Um, yeah, I do think this is a pretty good spot for the Columbus top line, and they're coming in with no ownership. Um, the best leverage line of the night um, per our top stacks, at least right now. Um, like, we have them as basically neck and neck with the Buffalo top line uh, for top two stack percentage. And I think that honestly makes sense because, again, like we said yesterday, if Columbus is going to score a handful of goals, we know where they're probably going to come from. It's going to come from the top line. So, I really do like the spot for Columbus's top line here. I don't like it as much for the Buffalo side because Columbus, like Jenner and Gojo actually have decent defensive numbers together. And I say a decent um, very loosely because it's like Columbus adjusted decent, not like decent uh, compared to league wide numbers, but they haven't been awful defensively. Um, it could be a bit of a tougher matchup for Buffalo one. And like where, we at least, you know, er, so far early on, uh, we have the Buffalo top line coming in with basically double the ownership. Um, I think it's really worth to take a hard look at that Columbus top line. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's some merit. Like, if you want to save some money, I think you can take off line A and put on Marchenko or something like that because, um, you know, Marchenko was um, on the power play for them last night. He was a recent call-up. He was – he's – probably their best prospect um even though he's 20 i think he's 26 years old he's got that michael bunting thing going on uh for rookie of the year i think um but i think you can you know you can put marchenko there marchenko's still stone min price you know i think he didn't play much last night like 10 11 minutes but um he'll still get that top power play time so you can save a lot of money doing that but i do like this spot for that columbus top line they're coming in um, 44 point projection um, on DraftKings. It's higher than Boston one. Um, it's um, higher than Vegas one, but I guess Vegas one doesn't have Eichel. It's you know it's definitely higher than Washington one. Like they're expecting, or they're expecting. There's a pretty good chance for a, a good night here. So I do like Columbus one. I'm, I'm not going to say no to playing Buffalo one. It's still a de- a good spot for them. Um, you know, Buff- Columbus doesn't take a ton of penalties. Um, they're below um, below the average in that regard, and the penalty kill has been fine. So, not really like a like a smash power play spot uh, for Buffalo, but I think it's fine. Honestly, for the Sabers, I think it's the second line that I like more here tonight. Um, Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka have been really, really good since being put together. Um, Ninety minutes, five point three expected goals for. 5.8 actual goals for they're shooting under 15%, which is still a little bit high. Um, but once you get Jenner and go like we talked about it on, on, on the show yesterday for Columbus, once you get Gojo and Jenner off the ice, there's really nothing defensively to stop um, anybody from the opposition. So I think you might see 
Cousins come in fairly highly owned because he does get that power play uh, one stack. And then Quinn and Paterka are pretty cheap. Um, I don't think you have to full three man them. I think you can do like a Cousins and Quinn or a Cousins and Paterka. Same thing that we just talked about with the Flyers. But um, as one of those fillery type stacks, um, I really do like the spot for that Buffalo second line here tonight. So that's kind of where I am. Um, Columbus one, um, Buffalo two is what I like most in this game. I'm just not sure about the Columbus side. Um, Jack Rosovic was benched last game for the third period, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they have been mixing up their depth lines um, a little bit, you know, during games over the last few games. So um, I just stick with the line that I'm pretty sure is going to stay together. So Columbus one is for sure what I like the most in this game. I don't mind that Cousins line as a filler. Yeah, um, I think I'm a little bit higher on Buffalo one than you are. Um, the ownership does bother me a little bit, but like 15% is fine. Like you're gonna, probably going to have to fade Edmonton if you're playing Buffalo one. And, you know, Edmonton ownership is going to be higher. Like it's, it's just going to be higher. Like you, there's, there's no question about it. So like, it, I guess it's fine because you're going to have to fade the other chalk spot and you can differentiate yourself a little bit there. Um, the problem is fading Edmonton, you know what I mean? Like, but if you're MMEing and you have the the marbles to fade Edmonton, I think Buffalo one's in a good spot. I also like Columbus one's similarly priced and they're coming in half the ownership of Buffalo one. So I think they're fine as well. On the blue lines here, um, Rasmus Stalin, if you want to correlate, I guess is fine. I think I'd rather go to, you know, Owen Power or Henry Joki Haru. On the Columbus side, probably Gavrikov or Good Branson. You could, I guess, correlate with Marcus Bjork, but you know, I'd rather play the other guys. Yeah, I think Bjork's just a little bit expensive um, for what he's doing. He's fine if you want to correlate, like you said. Yeah, Good Branson's probably the guy that I do like here, which is feels weird just playing Erica Branson like every time Columbus is on the slate, but uh, DFS makes for strange bedfellows. So I do like him. If you can pay up for Gabrikov, um, I think it's a, a good spot for him, especially where he's getting some power play two time. I do think it's a pretty good game uh, for Rasmus Dahlin. Um, You know, he's definitely not quite on the tear that he was earlier this season. I don't think anybody expected that from him, but um, I think this is a spot where, um, if you don't play the Buffalo top line, you can kind of just one off um, Dolan by himself or something like that. So I do like him here tonight. Yep. And I think he'll probably like, I know he, in our projections, he's getting ownership, but like, I, I think it's kind of hard to click in Rasmus Dahlin when John Carlson is a $600 less. So I don't know. He might come well, in. On it. Well, it's not only that it's like, if we get super heavy ownership on Boston and Edmonton, um, yeah. you play those teams, you're not playing Dolan, Right. So yeah. Um, you know, you could probably take, I, I don't know what, 40% of the field out of the equation immediately. So, yeah. um, we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't really look at defensive ownership projections. I just played the best guys cause it doesn't It's not like you're stacking defensemen and, and you're going to get duped with your D men. So, I mean, like you have to like be aware if like, if something fits too easily with everything, right. Like, you're like, well, that might be dupe, but like, be like 15% Dali and not playing them. If it's an elite spot, I'm just going to click him in. Yeah, I don't care about ownership there. That's my mini rant. And we're sponsored by BetMGM, and you can get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 and two months of Stochastic Platinum for free. If your risk-free bet loses, you'll be refunded in site credit, which you can use for more bets. It's very easy. Just got to create a free Stochastic membership using the form below or log in if you already have one. Use the link in the description. It will give you everything step by step it is the easiest way I'll, I'll tell you how to do it but just click the link in the description go on your way you click the mgm button and complete the steps with mgm create a bet mgm account all that stuff is very very easy just a few steps depending on what your risk-free bet wants to be has to be a minimum of at least ten dollars you can go up to a thousand you make your bet your best your bet must settle to qualify and then after all that is done you'll receive an email from bet mgm it's not going to be from stochastic it'll be from bet mgm with instructions for redeeming your two free months of stochastic plus platinum 
Again, just click the link in the description. After you get the email, if you're having issues, you can reach out to Stochastic Support. You can DM me. I can help you. I'll get in touch with the right people and we'll go on our way. So yeah, click the link in the description, sign up. This is the best deal I've read from BetMGM on the show. Minnesota, 2.8 total heading into Calgary. The Flames have a 3.3 total. Marc-Andre Fleury confirmed Dan Vladar probable. Here we are with Minnesota again. I guess like you dropped a little nugget in our Discord that Sam Steele has unlocked the power of Kaprizov and Zuccarello. I just like these lines are just not great. <laughs> like I don't know how else to describe it. Like, <laughs> like, and then on the other side, like the Flames are just so bad. So like, I like I, I again like I want to play the Flames here. Their top line is very appropriately priced. Like the pricing on it is not very expensive at all. It's just. They just have not been very good to the eye test. I don't know what the numbers say, but to the eye test, they just have not looked great. Minnesota has played well defensively. I just, I, I don't think I'm going to prioritize this game in one to three, but I think there is some value here in MMA. <laughs> I laughed because you said you didn't really like the lines, and I looked at my other screen, and the first name I saw was Nick Patan. <laughs> like, oh my god, what are we doing? Yeah, on the second line. <laughs> yeah. Um, you raise a good point about the Calgary top line, um, about the eye test and the numbers and all that. They have been playing well, but here's the difference is they're only scoring 1.4 goals per 60 minutes, which, um, you know, is definitely undershooting what they're doing offensively because they're at 2.6 expected goals, but they're doing it on like, uh, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but I think it's around 66 shot attempts per 60 minutes. Like 2.6 expected goals on 66 shot attempts is not very good. Um, just for reference, the Calgary second line is putting up roughly the same number of shot attempts um, and is at 3.3 expected goals or something like that. So like 30% higher than the Calgary top line despite taking the same number of shot attempts. It speaks to how Huberto, uh, Lindholm, and Toffoli are really struggling to create quality chances. And... I, yeah, I do think they break out. I don't think they, you know, finish the season at 1.4 goals per 60 minutes. But are they going to be a line that scores 3.2 or 3.3? I mean, maybe. Uh, maybe they figure it out in the second half of the season, but they haven't shown anything like that uh, to this point. And the other problem here is the way Calgary runs their lines. They have been using Backlund and Coleman quite a bit as a shutdown line. So... And they've been good together. 1.9 expected goals against per 60 minutes this year. They'll be going up against Kaprizov, Steele, and Zuccarello. That leaves the Calgary first and second lines going out against the second and third lines from the wild. And we know that one of those two lines from Minnesota is one of the best checking lines in the league. It's not Nick Patton. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to slag Nick Patton either. I think he, he could be a decent NHLer, but, I you know, second line next to Matt Boldy, I don't think he's that good. But anyways, that kind of creates the problem with the Calgary top line is like, I think they see a reasonable amount of five on five time against one of the best checking lines in the league as the flames are trying to get them away from good lines. Like that it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things that's can sometimes backfire on coaches when they do line matching is that, you know, some lines are better at different things than others. And, that Minnesota, you know, Erickson, Eckfelino, Greenway line is really good at shutting down the opposition. So, you know, they might be able to handle um, their minutes against the Calgary top line here. So that's one uh, one of the things that concerns me. You know, um, Minnesota's penalty kill isn't terrible. Um, it's fine. Um, they don't take a lot of penalties either. They're a little bit below average in that regard. So it's not like it's a great power play spot for Calgary. Um, I just... I don't have a real Calgary top line here tonight. They're coming with good ownership, very reasonably priced. So, you know, you can get in a really good secondary stack um, or you can get in, you know, at least one pretty expensive defenseman if you want to go in that direction. Like they allow for a lot of roster flexibility. Um, you know, they do play 18, 19 minutes a night. But Minnesota has been one of the better defensive teams in the league for about five or six weeks, for about, about five weeks now. 
Um, it's just their goaltending, you know, math kind of lets them down once in a while. So, like, I don't mind playing Calgary 1 here tonight. Um, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I just don't know if, like, they're a line that I'm going to be running out to play um, that's in that price range. Like Vancouver, uh, Vancouver's top line is in that price range. The Washington top line that we just talked about is in that price range. Um, you know, Vegas too, we'll talk about them in a little bit. They're in that price range as well. Like I think there are other lines that are within like a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars of them that I would rather go out and play. So don't mind Calgary one. I don't think I'll be going in that direction. Um I think I'll, if anything, it'd be going back to Calgary two and just taking, you know, like Kadri and Manjipani, um, or just Manjipani one offs or Kadri one offs or something like that. I think that's how I'm going to be treating the Flames on the Minnesota side. Yeah, the top line has been better with Steele, but I think it just kind of highlights how much they miss Ryan Hartman. With Sam Steele, they're scoring 2.6 goals per 60 minutes, which really isn't that good um, at five on five but it's much, much better than what they were doing with Freddie Godreau, which is the problem with Minnesota here. They don't have a center they can play on that top line. But Steel, like I've watched the last two Minnesota games. Steel's looked good, and the numbers look good as well. So um, I know it's kind of a tough matchup going against that Backlund-Coleman uh, line, but I do like Minnesota 1 here tonight. Um, that, Like I said, that line has been good. They're not coming in with much ownership, about 5%. Um, over on DraftKings, uh, about the same over on FanDuel. Uh, Calgary, uh, 3.6 times shorthanded per game, so they do take penalties. Um, if I'm taking anything from this game, it I think it's the Minnesota top line for me. Yeah, and Markstrom's been so bad that Dan Vladar is making his third consecutive start. So, like, I don't know. Like, I want to play Minnesota here. It's just like you're just bringing a road cone along for the ride. If you're full out stacking any of these lines, like, yeah, like I like Sam Steele, but like not enough to put him in my lineup. I like Matt Boldy, but like, do I really want to play Nick Patan and Freddie Gaudreau with him? But like, no, the answer is no. Yeah. So like, I <sighs> maybe I'll just power play stack. I like, I don't mind full out stacking the checking line. Like, yeah, they don't get as much minutes on the road as they do at home, but like, you know what you're going to get with them, at least. I don't know. I'm on a lot of rants today. Let's move to the blue line. Deep breath. Alex Kolagoski, he's been playing like 23, 24 minutes at 2,900. Don't mind him. Like, Callan Addison, like, he's kind of in the same market. Marcus Bjork bin. Like, it's yeah. like the the dollar movie night at Walmart. Like, you can play him if you want. You just probably won't find anything good in there. Uh, so, like, Golgoski for me, Spurgeon's fine. Dumba's fine. Even Jacob Middleton's fine. On the Calgary side, um, like, Mackenzie Wegar still under 4K on DraftKings. I think he's fine, but I, I prefer Hannafin or Anderson. Yeah, Anderson's been playing, like, 24 minutes a night of late. Um, he doesn't really need the power play to get there, but I still think I do like Hannafin just because he's still been putting up um, good peripherals here. But, yeah, it would be one of Hannafin or Anderson that I would play. I still can't get over Michael Stone's price. He's 5,500 on FanDuel, I think. Like, it's just absolutely insane. Um, on the Minnesota side, it's Goligoski or Dumba. I think those two two guys are 1-2. Um or one at first and third in ice time. 
over the last couple of weeks amongst the Minnesota defensemen. Um, so for maybe Goligoski or Dumba, just depending on um, how much salary you need to use. Yeah, I agree there. Let's move on to the next one. Boston Bruins, 3.4 total heading into Colorado. The Avs have a 2.7. Linus Allmark is confirmed. Thank you, Boston, for confirming him. Alexander Yorgiev probable for the Avalanche. McKinnon's out for a month. Nishushkin and Laniskog skated today. Nishushkin did not participate in power play drill, so he's going to be out tonight. Laniskog's still a little bit of while away. McKinnon out for a month. Uh, top line of Newhook, Randon, and Charles Houdon. Second line of Cogliano, Confer, O'Connor. With Cogliano, Confer, O'Connor, I can make the assumption that they're going to go out against Bergeron, DeBrusque, Marchand. They have actually been pretty good defensively. This still is a Boston game. Like the, the Avs top line is getting surprisingly high ownership. I guess it's price driven there because Houdon and Newhook are combined 1,500. That being said, like they are probably going to avoid Bergeron, so maybe there is some merit to go there. But I, I just I, I don't know if I really want to play an Avs team that is so banged up going into one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. So for me, this is a Boston game. Yeah, I I'll just say I don't have interest in the Colorado Fords. Like I, I'm pretty sure I think half their lineup is is from the AHL. It's like yeah, they just nine, like nine guys. <laughs> yeah, it's nine out of eighteen or eight out of eighteen guys are from the AHL. Um, they only have one forward that would be in their regular top six, and that's Rantanen. Um, I I just I don't understand any appeal of going to Colorado here, especially with the ownership that we're showing on them, right? Like because Alex Newhook played like 23 minutes or whatever last game and is on the top power play, he's going to get ownership because Charles Houdon, I think he had seven shots in the last game and his min price on the top line. He's going to get ownership. I don't want to play these guys at double digit ownership when there's no one, there's just Miko Ranton and to help them. And that's it. And it's like you said, it's not as if like um, this is Buffalo or Columbus or Anaheim in town. This is probably the best defensive team in hockey. And they're starting their actual good goalie or the goalie that's been playing better this year anyway. So like if people want to save some money and like just one off Houdon, one off Newhook, one off Confers, something like that. Like I'm not going to say no, but I just don't have interest um, in Colorado here tonight. I I don't see the appeal in this matchup. I don't care um, if Rantanen plays 25 minutes. He doesn't have anybody to play with. Um, you know, Newhook, he's a guy that they kind of really needed um, to have a breakout season. I know he scored two goals in his last game. Um, he had seven points in his first 22 games before that. Like, you know, um, you know, guys score two goals every once in a while. It, happen- it happens to players quite a bit. I remember uh, a Florida... Uh, defenseman moving up front and scoring a hat trick once upon a time. Like these games happen. That doesn't mean that they're great plays the next time uh, that they're on the ice. So all that considered, uh, like I'm out on Colorado. The bigger question is what to do with Boston. Now they ran, they had morning practice yesterday, I think it was. um, And they had Marchand, Bergeron, DeBrusque on the top line. Pasternak played on the top line in the third period in their last game. That's shootout loss uh, to Vegas. Now, I they did that because they needed a goal. They had to stay in the game, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think they're going to be in that position here with, with Colorado. If they do, um, it's probably because Georgiev is, is on his way to making 50 saves or something <laughs> like that. So, um, you know, I especially with Pasternak's at 8,700, not as 9,300 or whatever, I think, um, you know, you're perfectly fine to go Marchand, Bergeron, um, Pasternak. Um, Colorado does take a lot of penalties, 3.7 times shorthanded per game. Boston draws 3.8 power plays per game. Um, so Boston could get uh, quite a bit uh, quite a bit of opportunity on the power play here. Um, God, who knows what that, what that penalty kill is going to look like with all these players um, out of the lineup. So um, I do like Boston one. I'd probably put in Pasternak um, over to Brusque. Um, it's really only been Bergeron and Marchand shooting at five on five anyway. DeBrusque really hasn't been chipping in. Um, so I do like Boston one with Pasternak here tonight. 
Um, I don't think I would dip down to the second line. Like they're carrying like 10% ownership, which yeah, they can absolutely get there. And I think even David Krejci got some power play one time in the last game when they're on a five on three or something like that. Um, but that line itself hasn't been that great. And if Rantanen's going out against Bergeron, they're probably going to get that Cogliano Confer Logan O'Connor line, like the one line they've been able to keep together most of this year. They that Colorado line's actually been really good defensively. So I don't have interest in Boston two. Like I think Boston three is playable. Um, you know, if you want to do like a coil and haul or something like that, like I think that's fine. But um, it's Boston. It's the Boston one and Pasternak that I, I have the most interest here. Um, not really anything from the Colorado side. Yeah, I'm probably out on Colorado as well. I just saw the Rangers lines. I will have some opinions on those when we get there. Good God. Charlie McAvoy on the blue line. I do like him tonight. I think um, he's probably about it. Like if you want to, if you want to punt Brandon Carlo, I think that's fine. Devin Taze moves up to the top power play unit for the Avs. Like this isn't the best power play spot, but he is only 5,200. Don't mind him. Like hopefully his periffs start pumping up and they actually broke up Makar and Taze, which is I think better for Taze, honestly. Um, at least for DFS. So yeah, I don't mind Taze. Like Sam Gerard up on the top pair with Makar, 2800 is also fine. Yeah, I I don't mind uh McAvoy for the power play spot here. Like Brandon Carlo, he's been blocking shots. I just wonder if Colorado generates enough shots uh for Car- Carlo to actually get to the block bonus here tonight. Um on the Colorado side, you got to think if they win this game, it's one of two reasons. Kale McCarr goes nuclear or Georgiev just plays out of his mind. So I like Gior- I like both Georgiev and McCarr here uh, in tournaments. Um, you got to think those two guys have to be the best players on the ice if Colorado wins this game, You know, which they're probably not going to. But we have definitely seen uh, weirder things happen than that. So I do like... Um, both Makar and Georgiev uh, here tonight. Yes, I agree with that. And click the link in the description. You can get Stochastic NHL for three days for free. It's a risk-free trial, and you get full access to everything NHL. Projections, ownership, top stacks, tools, rankings, me, Cliffy, you, the community. It's, you know, why not take advantage of that? It's free. It's for new users only. So if you've never had a stochastic uh, subscription, click the link in the description, get your three days free, give everything a test drive. And when you like it, because you you know you will, you just, you know, keep going with the membership. Check it out. Link in the description. Let's move on to the people's main event of the evening. Arizona Coyotes, 2.6 total heading into Edmonton. The Oilers have a four total. Not before I get into this game, I just must say, like, they're expecting Hyman in, but our lineup builder doesn't have a projection for Hyman yet. Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, on their own, would be the third highest line <laughs> projected on the night, right behind Columbus and Buffalo. With Hyman in, I would imagine they're going to push, you know, 55 points. <sighs> they're they're going to be chalky. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're very, very expensive. You can fit them in with competent lines, though. This is a very good power play spot. Um, yeah, like I'm just playing the power play one guys on Edmonton and calling it a day. There's no reason to, you know, get fancy with Matthias Yanmark or James Hamblin or anything like that. So Edmonton one, Edmonton power play. Like, we do have to talk about the Coyotes, though, because we just saw the Oilers give up like 50-something shots to Washington, who doesn't – who, like, are in the middle of the pack for, you know, expected Corsi 4. So, like, I think there is some merit to some Coyotes power play guys here. I don't know if I'll get to there in one to three, but, like, I, I think you have to consider the top line here at least. Are we going to be doing a little bit of oh tonight? Are we? Is that what we're going to do? Werewolves in London? I'm down for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, with that Edmonton top line, I think it's 25,300 for the three of them on DraftKings. As expensive as that is, there are still a bunch of decent lines you can fit in with them. Um, I'm just looking through our top stacks list. 
Calgary two, you can fit in with them. San Jose two, you can fit in with them. Buffalo two, you can fit in with them. The Coleman Backlund line from Calgary, you can fit in with them. The Columbus second line, you can fit in with them. The Washington second line, you can fit in with them. You might be able to fit the the new Rangers top line in with them. <laughs> yeah, but who's playing bad teams tonight? Um, <laughs> here's the thing with Edmonton and Arizona. If I asked you, I'm going to ask you a question. Where do you think Arizona ranks in goals against per 60 minutes at all situations over the last four weeks? Over the last month, sorry, going back I, to November 7th. I've I've watched more Calgary games or Arizona games than I really want to admit. So I'm going to say somewhere in the middle of the pack. Pretty close. They're 10th. Yeah. They're 10th by goals against in the NHL over the last month. They have a better goals against mark than the Islanders, than the Rangers, than Vegas, than Tampa Bay. Um, they've, you know, they've been doing some work defensively um, to really get better. Now, you know, their expected goals against is quite a bit uh, worse, but, you know, they're not giving up a ton of shots either. They're only in the middle of the pack by shots allowed. Um Arizona's not been like awful defensively, and Carl Vemelka has had a pretty good season. Um, I do, you know, Edmonton can tear apart any team. Like it to me, it doesn't matter if it was Vancouver in town, or if it was, or you know, Arizona here, or if it was you know Calgary in town, or if it was Buffalo in town, or you know, basically anybody but like Boston. And I would have no problem seeing, I feel comfortable seeing that the Edmonton Oilers top line can tear them apart. Like they can tear apart anybody, but the Arizona and specifically the top line of Keller and Boyd and Schmaltz have been much better defensively than they were through the first, you know, three weeks or so of the season. Um, Keller, Boyd and Schmaltz, um, two expected goals against per 60 minutes, two actual goals against since Schmaltz came back. They're not giving up a lot. Now, they're not generating a lot offensively either, at least at five on five, but they're not giving up a lot. But I'm like, how, what can you say to people that want to play Edmonton here tonight? Like, obviously, it's the best line on this slate, and I think it's not even close. They're at home. It's that, you know, that concentrated goal situation. Like, if Edmonton puts up five goals here tonight, it's not like McDavid and Drysaddle are going to be held off the score sheet. So, like, you know where the points are going to come from. So, I don't have any problem playing Edmonton here, and there are lots of lines that you can fit in with them. Um, I just think I'm going to be taking my single entry lineup uh, in a different direction. Um, go ahead and play them. Like they're, they're, it's it's not a terrible spot. Um, they do have that monster total. Uh, yeah, I just think there's going to be just a ton of ownership, and, and there are other good lines on this slate. On the Arizona side, they're generating roughly as many expected goals as they were last year. The difference has been a shooting percentage. I think last year that top line for Arizona shot like 17% or something, which is pretty high at 505. Um, they're under 11% this year. So it's been a little bit of a change for them. But these are the two most penalized teams in the NHL. Arizona is has the most time shorthanded this year, which is one of the reasons why Edmonton is in such a good spot here tonight. But Edmonton is second, 3.9 times shorthanded per game. And Arizona's about average in drawing power plays. And you get Keller and Schmaltz on the top power play unit. Um, you know, their overall projection isn't super high at about uh, 27 points. Um, but, you know, it's higher than Buffalo, too. It's higher than uh, that Calgary second line. Um, it's about the same um, as the Philadelphia top line. So it's not like it's awful. Um, I don't mind Arizona one here tonight. I don't think you have to play Boyd. You can't put him in um, if you need somebody in that center spot. Um, you know, I think you can um, make it a three-man of like Keller, Schmaltz, and Kraus because Lawson Kraus has actually been shooting the puck. I don't mind that Arizona second line. I probably wouldn't full out stack them, but like a two-man of like Kraus and Bukestad, um, if you need to, you know, save money to really fit in the expensive Boston or even game stack with Edmonton, um, I think that's kind of the direction I would go. Don't mind either of the top six or top two Arizona lines. I do like Kraus and Bukestad um, as a little two man here. Obviously, you got to love Edmonton. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see the ownership run with Hyman in there with Puliarvi in there. They're around twenty percent. I would imagine that jumps up even more with Hyman, despite him being very expensive. On the blue line here. We're having the Bouchard dilemma again. 
it's just hard to trust the Bouchard Barry situation. I think all things considered, I'll just go Darnell Nurse on the Coyote side. Like Chikrin's fine, but like seventy one hundred when you can play Dalian for two hundred more or Carlson for four hundred less, and those guys are both getting power play one time. Yeah, so probably not much here for, on the Coyote side. Yeah, that's the difference maker for me. If either Chicken or Ghost were on the top power play, I would really like those guys because I think it is a good power play spot for Arizona here tonight. It's just they're not. They have Janice Moser there, which whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, Cody Cece I think is fine. He's been playing a lot of minutes. It's not a terrible matchup for him. I do like Darnell Nurse at 5K. As long as his price stays there, I think he's playable, and it kind of takes that Bouchard or Barry question out of the equation. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get to these Rangers here. <laughs> oh. New York Rangers with a 2.8 total heading into Vegas. The Golden Knights have a 3.2 total. Jack Eichel, I believe, is out again tonight, leaving Paul Cotter up on the top line with Stevenson and Stone. Marshall Carlson Smith still the second line. Uh, Nick Roy probably continues on power play one Rangers lines. Mika Zibanejad is in between uh, Alexis Lafreniere and Capococco. I don't mind that all things considered. That's fine. But then it gets a little feisty. Panarin is with Heedle, which I like, but then they put Barclay Goodrow there, which is just, <laughs> you know, it's like leaving a, a cone in traffic. Then they have Kreider with Trocek and, and VC, which means they're probably going to scratch Vitaly Kravtsov, which seems like an absolutely idiotic thing to do. Um, Rangers are averaging 3.56 goals per 60 minutes at five on five with Kravtsov on the ice. 1.16 against. Now, gotta compare, scratch him. Yeah, got, got to scratch him. Compare that with Barclay Goudreau, who's not moving up to play with Panarin and Hedl. 2.11 goals for per 60, 2.88 goals against per 60. Gerard Gallant. Got to play him. <laughs> yeah, got to play him. The reason Gerard Gallant got fired from Florida, the reason he got fired from Vegas, is because he's so stubborn. He's, I don't know, read a book, learn about, you know, expected goals. Anyway, with. With the kids up there with, with Zabanajan, like 50, the Lafreniere and Kako are 5,700 combined. Mika Zabanajan is 7,700. They're 13 4 to full stack on DraftKings. Don't mind it there tonight. I like, like VC and Kreider together with Trocek is, I guess, okay. Like Zabanajan's better than, than Trocek, but like, Kreider and VC kind of have played well together. It's just like the Gaudreau up on the second line. I can feel the migraine pulsating behind my eye right now. I just I, – I wanted to play Panarin, Heedle, and Kraftsoff tonight. Going to a Rangers line, it will be Mika Zibanejad, Lafreniere, Kako. Vegas, it's going to be that second line. <laughs> yeah, Um I will say I don't have a lot of interest in the Rangers um, anymore. Um, I was looking at Sabanajad's numbers without Kreider over the last couple of years. They haven't really been that great. Um, 1.8 expected goals for, 2.7 expected goals against in almost 200 minutes without Kreider. Um, Lafreniere and Kako have a shooting percentage issue this year. Sabanajad's not like a great playmaker. He's the guy that finishes the plays. So... I do have concerns about how that line's going to play. So I'm out on this advantage ad line. Panarin, Heedle, and Goodrow, like Panarin and Heedle have their own defensive issues going back a couple years whenever they play together. And Goodrow's certainly not going to help. So I'm out on that line. I think it's Kreider, Trocek, and VC that I would like the best. I don't know how they're going to match up. I imagine they see the third and fourth lines from Vegas. And Vegas is... Um, third line, I mean, depends what which line is technically the third line, but... Amadio and Kessel haven't been very good defensively this year, or depending whatever um, line that they de they decide to use as the third line. Um, I think it's it, it'd be Kreider and Trocheck, if anything, for me on the Rangers side. I think it's Vegas too that I like the best. I think those the way that 
the Rangers have their top six lines constructed right now. It's kind of like we said with St. Louis when St. Louis played. It's just the combination of wingers they're using with their centers is going to lead to some bad, bad defensive lines. And I think St. Louis just is going through it. And I think the Rangers are going to go through the exact same problem with the lines that they have now. Um, so I'm not playing Mark Paul Cotter. I don't like playing Chandler Stevenson. So I'm going to go down to that Vegas second line that has been pretty good over the last three weeks. 3.4 expected goals for 3.5 actual goals for Marsh. So well over three shots per game of late Vegas two for me, if anything on the Rangers side, Trocek and Kreider, at least two of the three of them are on the power play. It's not hard to make good lines on the Rangers. I just. <sighs> Counter Miller. I like he's been playing big minutes at three K. Um, I guess you could play Adam Fox here tonight, but like his price is fine. But I, I just don't think this is the time or place. Like Truba, I guess is fine, but like there just isn't much there. I think I'd just punt with Calendar Miller on the Golden Knight side. Probably Shea Theodore here. I think White Cloud is fine. I think Nick Hague is fine. Red McNabb still fine at thirty eight hundred. Yeah, I think it's Zach White Cloud that kind of jumped out to me. He was. His first year, I think, when he was actually getting decent minutes, he was a good DFS option. The problem this year is that he's been playing like 16 minutes a game. But now that he's up, you know, 19, 20 minutes without Petrangelo, I think White Cloud's my White Cloud and Keandre Miller both are playing a lot more minutes than they were um, earlier in the season. So I like both of those guys here tonight. Um, Fox is fine for 6K. Yeah. Let's get to the late night hammer. Two of our favorite late-night teams to get absolutely destroyed by. Vancouver Canucks, 3.3 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 3.2. Spencer Martin probable. Capo Kakinen confirmed. I like both sides of this game. I, I like. It sucks that Kuzmenko's not on the second line with Patterson and Mikheyev, so I'd probably just go to the Horvat-Miller line. But, like, yeah, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, just steamrolling. I, I know they didn't have a great game. I think it was their last game, but I think going back to them is fine here. Both sides of this game interest me. Yeah, here's the interesting part for me is, if I'm not mistaken, Vancouver was in San Jose like a week ago or 10 days ago or something like that. And they used Meyer Hurdle in the bank quite a bit against Pedersen. Um, and as I talked about on the last show when we had Vancouver on, the Pedersen, Kuzmenko, McKayev line, their defensive numbers took a nosedive after their first five or six games together. Um, and I think that's kind of why – I think that's one of the reasons why you saw Kuzmenko move down to the third line is because, um, yes, they wanted to get Besser high in the lineup, but I also think that they were getting caved in defensively. Like, Pedersen had one game where he went minus five on five goals against by Washington. Um, they were really doing poor defensively. Brock Besser's not going to help them defensively. I was looking at numbers. Uh, Pedersen uh, and uh, Brock Besser together in calendar 2022, 3.1 expected goals against for 60 minutes. I don't think they're going to be able to stop that San Jose top line regularly. So I do like Meyer, Hurdle, and LeBanc quite a bit here. They're still playing well. Their last three weeks, 2.9 expected goals for, 3.8 actual goals for. Um, hurdles up to 27 shots in his last 10 games, which was a big issue for him earlier in the season. He wasn't shooting at all. Um, now he's, you know, flirting with, you know, 2.7, 2.8 shots per game. Um, it's Meyer and hurdle in the bank that I like the most here. I think it's a pretty good matchup against Pedersen. Um, you know, the power play, not great. And the Vancouver penalty kills actually gotten a lot better after their really bad first three or four weeks of the season or whatever. Um, but I think that San Jose top line is in a pretty good matchup. On the flip side, I do like Horvat, Miller, and Hoglander here for kind of the same reason, just on the other team. It's that the Couture line's defensive numbers have been sliding. I think that's why you, you're seeing Matt Nieto moved off uh, and Nick Benino moved on, is to kind of try to stabilize the defensive numbers a little bit. 3.1 expected goals against, 3.6 actual goals against for that second line from San Jose over the last three weeks. They're really struggling defensively. Um, Hoglander, Hoglander, Horvat, and Miller are playing very well offensively. Um, 4.2 goals per 60 minutes in their time together. Not really a great power play spot uh, for Vancouver because San Jose does have a very good penalty kill. Um, but if anything for the Canucks, I think it's the Horvat line. Um, 
on San Jose, it's the hurdle line. So technically, I think it's both top lines that I like most here. Yeah, I do like both top lines here. And nothing quite like staying up till 1 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, and, you know, sweating out a Sharks-Canucks game. I'm not doing it. If I have players from the, if I have players from this game and my early guys do well, I'm going to bed regardless. I'm in bed by one o'clock. I am not watching this game. I, th- I think you're onto something here. Uh, <laughs> on the blue line, they're just like if you want to correlate with the power play guys, that's fine. But other than that, like there really isn't much there. I guess Tyler Myers and Jacob Magno would be the punts. Yeah, um, not really a lot from Vancouver because they have Quinn Hughes playing like 26, 27 minutes, and everybody else under 19 minutes. And that's not really great for DFS at that point. You're just flipping coins. Um, I think Matt Benning's just fine at 3K. Um, he's a guy that can get those block shots. I think he might actually be the guy, the defenseman, and I like the best in this game considering price. Yeah, I missed him. Good call there. Lots of uh, cheap goalies tonight. Who are you liking in net? Who I like in net? Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, there are some cheap goalies. I think Marc-Andre Fleury could see some good volume from a Calgary team that's struggling to score at times, so I don't mind Fleury. Logan Thompson, if you want to pay up a little bit, I think he's the expensive goalie I like most here tonight, especially considering how um, the Rangers nuked their lines. Don't mind Carter Hart for cheap either. We just saw Washington put up a ton of shots on Stuart Skinner um, and only put up three goals. Like I think the Flyers are kind of this in the same defensive boat as the Oilers, so I don't mind Hart for cheap either. I'll mention uh, Spencer Martin on FanDuel. He's still got a pretty good, pretty cheap price over on FanDuel for the Canucks. Yeah, I think, like, I like Allmark. I have shot volume concerns there. There is possibly some shutout upside, so I don't mind him if you're spending up either, but I agree with what you just said. Who are you liking for uh, the hat trick pick? Uh, I'm going to go from a team that we just talked about, um, maybe a little bit chalk, but he had one, uh, you know, six or seven games ago. Hopefully he can do it again. Timo Meyer. I'm going a little young stud here. I'm going Dylan Cousins. He was the second guy I had on my list. So uh, it's nice that we're kind of on the same wavelength here. Yep. Remember, smash that like. We like likes. Um, For Cliffy, I am your host, Joshua. We will be wow, my head's like off the screen. It's so big. Well, we will be back tomorrow. We're on every day this week. Uh, click the link in the description to sign up for BetMGM and get two free months of stochastic. Coming up after us at 445, we have NBA Deeper Dive with Greg and Adam, then NBA Live before lock at 630 with Josh, Angleman, and Eric. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Es la venta para amigos y familiares de Macy's. Ahorra un 30% extra en ideas para regalos de diseñador que les encantarán. Y un 15% menos en belleza, cuidado de la piel y juegos de regalo de fragancias con tu cupón o tarjeta Macy's. Esto además de las increíbles ofertas, como vestidos para las fiestas para ellas, 150 dólares y menos. Además, compra los mejores juguetes de la temporada, The Monster High, Discovery y más, 10 a 50% menos en Macy's. Ahorro sobre precios regulares en oferta de liquidación, aplica excepciones.